Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another Charles Sturt story. This afternoon, we're lucky enough to be joined by a number of students from CSU who are from either our BTeach or MTeach programs. These students have actually managed to complete practicum, their workplace learning placements during COVID-19, and have some unique stories to share with us all today about how they've managed to get through that experience. We're also joined by Melanie Sugumaran, who's lecturer and workplace learning coordinator from the School of Teacher Education, who's been integral to the placement for the students and is also able to give us some of her own feedback on what organising this experience and supporting it has been like. So it's going to be a full on recount of some unique experiences during this time. So strap yourselves in. So firstly, I'd like to introduce you all to the three students we have here today. I've got John, Minori and Franca, and I'm going to start by talking to Minori. Minori, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So listen, can you tell us all a little bit about your own particular area of teaching and also where you're located normally? I'm from Melbourne. I'm doing my master's in secondary teaching. I finished my final practicum during COVID-19. I did uh, mathematics and uh, two technology subjects during that practicum period, robotics and systems engineering. Okay, and how long was the prac? How long did it take? I did full time, six weeks. And you're physically located in Melbourne and normally that prac would have been you traveling to the school backwards and forwards for six weeks, teaching maths and technology potentially. That's correct. But since I did my practicum during COVID-19 lockdown, just one week before the practicum started, Melbourne went into lockdown. So I had to do my practicum remotely from home. Well, okay. I can't begin to sort of uh, explain all the chaos that's suddenly been thrown into this equation. So it must have been pretty scary for you preparing for one type of work placement and then suddenly finding out that it was going to have to mean something altogether different. Let's get a little bit into that. What did your placement end up looking like? Well, I felt really anxious and very doubtful about whether my placement would be successful or not, because I had certain goals set during the placement and I wasn't sure whether I would be able to meet those goals. But then I received emails from the staff in CSU and they coordinated between the school and me and got back to me saying, you can still go ahead with the placement and the school is ready to support you as well as they can. And that actually gave me a lot of confidence. Today, I'm really happy that I went through that experience and finished my last placement. And how long ago did you finish? About three weeks ago. Okay. So do you feel like you have spent way too much time in Zoom or, or virtual classrooms over the last couple of months of your life? I think online platforms are pretty familiar to all of us now. We all have been communicating through things like Zoom and Teams. And I'm actually all right with using online platforms. Okay. Well, that's great. Luckily for you, I think there's going to be plenty of that in your future. So We'll call it a planned exercise, maybe. That's right. It, it was actually an opportunity for me to get used to using ICT, to experience this new way of teaching. It might be an interesting question for Melanie a bit later on. We'll ask if it's, uh, if, if it's entered the thinking about future programs, potentially, for deliberately 
remote placement to prepare students for that technology aspect maybe. Anyway, I'll push that to the side for now. Can you tell me from your perspective, what was the biggest challenge that you had to face in doing a six week remote placement in Melbourne? Well, in addition to doing a placement, I'm also a mom of two children mm -hmm. and they were home with me while I was doing the placement. So I had to juggle both the placement and their well-being and my well-being at the same time. That was a huge challenge. There were people who reached out to me like the university liaison officer, Teresa, who connected with me over Zoom and was ready to help me to solve these issues. She particularly helped me to look for ways to care for my students during placement as she understood that it can be pretty hard thing to have, you know, care for my own children while I do the placement. Yeah. At the same time, the teaching experience itself was really different from a normal placement because I had to use ICT a lot and that took a while. There were times that where I dropped out of the lesson meeting due to um, computer issues. At those times, the supervising teacher, Rob, was really understanding and he stepped into co-teach and helped me complete those lessons. So there were experiences like that. And then also, it was really hard for me to judge my own lessons because I was not able to see the students since they didn't give their camera due to different reasons. So it was really hard to get, get any feedback on my lessons just, just by observing. Therefore, I had to come up with new ways of getting feedback from them and at the same time the supervising teacher was giving me generous feedback on how I went with the lessons and also that really helped me to feel positive about my lessons later on. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. That's great it actually reminds me of some conversations I've had with academics that we support at CSU with their own online teaching where they ask the same thing how do we make the students turn their cameras on I have to be able to see that they can see me etc and, and you've described exactly the same scenario with school children was a high school or primary school secondary school secondary right and, okay, I, great. and I I taught year nine uh, and VCE which is year 11 and year 12 Okay. Look, the last thing I want to talk to you about, Minori, you've already basically described a pretty significant success from my point of view anyway, being able to juggle family, children, remote placement, technology, all of the above. From your point of view, was there anything that stands out as one of your key successes during your placement? Well, I would say getting used to ICT in lesson delivery was quite an experience. And I think I was successful at it because I actually used ICT to overcome these challenges that I faced, like getting feedback from students. So I used ICT to do a lot of rapid formative assessments every day in the lessons. And that was really helpful for me to improve my own teaching. Okay, there were times that the supervising teacher actually gave me an opportunity to develop a unit of work for the period of my placement. And it was a huge challenge for me, but I am really glad that I took that challenge and prepared that unit of work where I found that students were engaging really well in it. And it was very fulfilling and satisfying for me to see them being really enthusiastic in the lessons. 
Wonderful. All right. Well, look, congratulations from me for what that's worth, but you've survived and excelled from the sound of things. So that's great. Thank you for sharing. I might take this opportunity to cross over to John and he can tell us a little bit about his placement. John, welcome. Yeah, thanks. Can you tell us a little bit about who and where you are right now? Sure. Um, I'm in the western suburbs of Melbourne. Another Melbourneite. Okay. Correct. My postcode was actually in that early, early lockdown Melbourne um, suffered early on. So, yeah, been in lockdown a couple of weeks uh, more so than the rest of Metro Melbourne, but the school was in that postcode also, so it made it interesting. Right. So the school's in the same postcode, so you could basically throw eggs at it from where you were, but you couldn't walk there. Correct. Okay, got it. Got it. Now, what's your teaching area? What's your discipline? Uh, I've got two. This this placement was for visual art. Okay. Yeah, my second is for English, and I'm currently on my final placement for English now. You're in the middle of it. Okay. In terms of your uni schedule, are you, is this your first placement, or are you getting towards the end? No, this is it. This is my final placement. I've actually got my last essay due tomorrow. During prac. During prac. I know. Nice. Nice. And um, yeah, I got the long weekend, so. Great. Well, okay, we won't take up too much of your time with that with, with that in mind. Okay, so full-time placement, part-time placement? Correct, full-time. 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 Um, five weeks. Yep. Five weeks? Yeah. This one now is seven weeks, and I'm in week three. Okay, so you're halfway. Yeah. Okay. All right, from your perspective, you've been doing a completely remote placement as well, or has yours involved some kind of mixture the first placement when i was the local one was i started and i did one week of face-to-face teaching and then mm-hmm. melbourne went into lockdown so i did one week of teaching and then had to make the transition to yeah full remote teaching yeah and did you feel that the school was prepared for that I was just thinking um, about that and seeing how the school handled it at the time. I think that I was very impressed the way it was coordinated and the amount of work that goes in into something like that. To get that sort of insight into the whole, how it was done was really insightful. Yeah. Nice. Did you feel at all that there was an element in my head, at least I'm thinking of, you know, the magician with the tablecloth that just goes, whoosh, it pulls it all out. And it's like, and now what do we do? Yeah, look. Like I said, I was very impressed with the the way the senior staff sort of managed it and the way that even though I thought that I was a burden at the time, I was sort of included in the process. And and, and at some points, I think it was actually, you know, helpful to the school in a way. You know, I, luckily I had some really good mentor teachers at the time as well. And, you know, like I said, I thought I was a bit of a burden on them, but they ensured me that I, I was actually making some sort of difference, even though... It might not have seemed that way. <laughs> okay, visual art remotely. Yep. yep. What does a lesson look like? Challenging. Look, I had to make sure I had a really very good um, workstation set up at home and ensuring the kids were supported in, in creating that environment themselves. It's difficult as, as you may know, visual art does take place in a studio sort of environment with lots of materials and sort of supporting kids to be able to... Um, use what they have in their homes. You know, not, not all students have access to, to paints and to, to pencils and, and all this sort of stuff. So there was a lot of sort of demonstrations happening over, over Zoom and a lot of YouTube. 
actually um, was really helpful in terms of demonstrations and being able to give students access to that sort of materials and techniques and seeing what they could come up with in their own homes. Okay. And in terms of your own setup, for example, Minori's talked about some of her challenges, including having family members at home, kids at home, for example, or, you know, significant others, animals, etc. What were some of the challenges for your own environment? Uh, so, yes, my wife uh, is working from home currently as well. So it's been interesting. Luckily, we live on two, we have two stories. So she's taken the spare room upstairs to work from as an office and I'm currently on the dining room table, which sort of works nice. But I also live with two cats. So the occasional cat walk by the screens happened uh, every now and then. But it's, a, it's essential. It's a creative component, right? Yeah, it's it. It adds definitely another dimension to the, to, the, to the classroom environment, that's for sure. Always looking for ways to engage people in Zoom meetings and make sure they're paying attention. So I think random animal going across the screen does a job. Yeah, it was one lesson actually. We, um, I got all the students to um, invite their pets into the classroom and we had a little meet and greet. So that was nice. It's sort of good to be able to, as hard as it was sometimes to engage the kids in, um, in the classroom, it was good to have that sort of personable sort of thing to, to get them engaged. Nice. And did you find ever, like amongst your other challenges that you've listed, did you ever find the reverse being true where you needed to, to re-establish some sort of formality to the teaching experience, the, the environment for the students, remind them, for example, that, you know, there were some expectations of them? Yes, 100%. So there was um, the school I was at did have a, a learning plan that sort of did outline their expectations working from home. And, and that included, you know, the use of cameras and microphones. And as much as students didn't want to do that, we had expectations as well as teachers to sort of make sure the students had opportunity to engage in their learning. So it was challenging at times to get them to participate which I'm still dealing with now, even on this placement, the school works a little bit differently in that way. So yes, there's definitely challenges that come with working with students in this platform. Yeah. I'd say get yourself ready. There's a whole PhD waiting on virtual classroom management in any of your disciplines. So, you know, if you, if you're keen for some more time at uni, you know, maybe put that on the back burner. As I asked Minori before, John, I'm, I'm interested to know from your perspective as well, what, what have been the, the highlights, the success stories of you being able to get through? You're now, you're now in your second placement. You're about to finish up and you've survived. What's gone well for you? I think the insight into the amount of planning that goes into creating a lesson has been really beneficial. Um, I've had a really good opportunity to build a good bank of resources. So... You know, I came into teaching with not many. I have, a, I have about, a, you know, 100 art books, but that's about it. So I had to translate my knowledge into resources that I could use in this platform, which has been probably the best thing to come out of it. And also, like, I've got a new appreciation for how resilient students can be. <laughs> you know, it's a global pandemic and it's been pretty impressive the way some of them have handled it. It's probably the best thing I reckon. Absolutely. And are you, are you thinking along the lines of digital portfolio type deal to store this stuff? You across all that? I'm, 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 I'm gaining, I'm gaining more skills. That's for sure. Yeah. Digital portfolios and basically just different ways for students to engage in learning apart from pen and paper. <laughs> well, look, thank you very much for sharing your story from that's still going on. And we might take this opportunity to cross over to Franca. Welcome Franca. 
Hello, thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Look, we, we'd love to hear a little bit about who and where you are at the moment, if you don't mind sharing. Okay, I live in Newcastle now and uh, I am studying a Master of Education, secondary, and my subjects are Latin and Classical Greek, mm -hmm. so not so common, and Italian, that is also my first language. Okay, and your placement that, uh, that you completed, how long was that? Okay, it was 25 days. It was my first placement and the real challenge was to find it because I was supposed to do it in March and uh, two days before starting, the school cancelled it because of the COVID. And after that, it seemed impossible to find another school available because, do you know, not many schools offer classics. Mm -hmm. So it was a very big effort and CSU really supported me and uh, I was in touch with the, the staff trying to find out this placement. And at the end, it was found via the Classical Teacher Association. So it was something, I suppose, I don't know really, but I think a little bit different. But it was a university, someone from university who forwarded me an email from them and so through them, at the end, it was possible to find this school. So it was, it was great, really a great support for me. What a great exercise in networking. I think at the end of it, we've got external bodies, CSU bodies, students, staff, etc., and, and coming up with a solution at the end of it. So a highly specialised area during a highly specialised scenario in this case. So you managed to get a placement. What did your, your placement consist of? Were you face-to-face -face or were you remote? I was face-to-face, -face, uh, but the placement was in Sydney. So from my house, it was more than three hours by train and uh, almost three hours by car. And again, with the COVID-19, uh, it wasn't easy to travel and I have family commitments. And so I asked if it would be possible to have it part-time that it was another challenge, I think, for everyone. And again, both CSU and the school supported me absolutely, completely, and I was able to do my placement part-time, that it has been great because it has allowed me to do it. It's wonderful that you got through it. Do you, do you feel that because it was part-time, obviously that then means that the prac goes for a longer period of time? Um, to get through. Did you find that a slightly different type of challenge? Oh, of course, it was a long period, but uh, I was grateful to be able to do it. So what it was challenging, it was not to be able to see the classes every lesson. So I was, I was given classes by my supervisor, but he had any way to teach them because I wasn't there every day. So we had really to share the load during the all practical, mm -hmm. so to say. So it was sometimes a little bit of a problem to organize, to communicate, because when I finished a lesson, then he had to organize his lesson and vice versa. When he finished his lesson, I had to organize my lessons for the day after. So it was, everyone had to work together as a team. It was very, very good for me. I was really 
supported, but it was an additional challenge. Mm, absolutely. I'm wondering if you found that the classroom environment when you got there because of COVID was impacted significantly? Did you have to space all the students out during this, uh, this situation? Okay, so the bright side of teaching Latin and Greek, it is uh, you usually have small group. So it, it, was, it was very easy to keep social distancing in the classes because my classes went from one student to 18 maximum small cohorts of students and very, very committed and focused students. It was an absolute pleasure to teach them. So the teaching in itself was a pleasure, as I said, nothing difficult there. So it's just the logistics of getting it happening in the first instance. <laughs> exactly. yeah. To find it, to get to the school, to manage the part-time, yes. Okay. So you've survived and come out the other side, probably had a bit of time to think about the whole experience. From your perspective, what are some of the highlights of the experience, some of the successes for you? How did you find it? I found uh, it, I don't want to say easy to teach because teaching is never easy, but a very fulfilling and uh, interesting profession. So I really liked it and I really liked the atmosphere of working in teams. So even if a teacher is alone in his class in front of the students, behind the teachers, there is this uh, network of people. I, this is probably the thing that I appreciated the most, the people around me too, not to be alone. And also the use of technology. I, my supervisor preferred not to use traditional way of teaching, so to keep using technology as during the lockdown. So we didn't use books, we didn't use exercise books, only Google Docs, uh, online uh, platform, even in class. So every student had his laptop. And so that was really, really, really interesting for me. Wow, that sounds like a significant learning curve for everyone involved as well, moving across from the traditional way of doing things to the new. So look, thank you so much for, for sharing those experiences with us, Franca, that, that's wonderful. I, I think at this stage, we might bring Melanie into the equation. Melanie, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thanks, Lachlan. I'm a little bit blown away by the, the obviously the variety of, of the stories and challenges that the students have shared with us this afternoon. You've been involved in organising their placements, supporting them during the placements, and everyone's still smiling. So maybe, can you first share your secret for how that comes about? <laughs> I'd first like to mention that I'm very impressed they all remembered to unmute before they started talking. It just proves how long uh, they've all been using technology for. The number of times I've been in Zoom meetings and I start talking and people are, you know, signalling to you, you're on mute. So they've learnt key skills, haven't they, to uh, progress. But Absolutely. Look, I, yeah, I have been involved in their placements in, in organising them. So the stress they have had as students wanting a placement has been the same stress I have felt in trying to find placements in such an unusual time. And, you know, like Franca mentioned, we had a placement and two days before that one was just taken off us. That was a school decision that they wouldn't have visitors coming in to the school. 
and uh, John's placement that started face to face and all seemed to look like it was going to go well to then so quickly change into a remote learning. And for Minori's, we didn't know until very close to her starting whether a complete remote, because we knew it would be entirely remote, whether it would even go ahead. So I feel, I know John just mentioned about how he was surprised by student resilience. I think I was really taken back by the resilience that these students have shown as teacher education students when there's such anxiety and stress around placement to be able to be just ready to run with whatever's going to be put in front of them. And they, Lachlan, each time you've finished talking with these students, you've said, well, you've survived. And one of the things that I've learned about teacher resilience is we don't want teachers to survive. We want them to thrive. So we want them to survive, don't get me wrong. Yeah, we want them to survive too, but we want them to more than survive. And these three students have definitely shown that they've been so successful in such a challenging uh, placement experience, but it's been a really good learning experience for them as well. So it wasn't a disaster, which, you know, was what we all want. Absolutely. I think in talking to, to the three of them as well, the we talked about the prospect of of intentionally organising a remote placement as some of the maybe unexpected affordances coming out of this is people's familiarity with the technologies involved, that growing sense of, of obviously confidence and needing to be across things like collaborative workspace tools. Franca mentioned Google Docs and other things at the schools the students all had to work within. It just sounds like there are some potential opportunities maybe to rethink the way we approach placement irrespective of COVID? What do you think on that? Look, I think that it's an experience that has added to their skill set, but I don't think it's an experience that will ever replace face-to-face classroom experiences. I think from the use of technology and how great it was, I think it actually made uh, the highlight was to teachers is that they're always going to be better in front of students in a classroom you know, Franka talked about, or Minori talked about the difficulties of getting feedback from students. You know, you can do fun things like bring your pets to try and make engagement, but, and some kind of personable, but we know that teaching is more than just being a teacher in a classroom. You become people who your students aspire to be, really. I mean, most teachers, if you ask them, will say, I became a teacher because my visual arts teacher was so great or my maths teacher really inspired me. Maybe not always the case, but definitely they have value in being in front of a classroom. So I think their jobs are safe. But I think you're right, Lachlan, I think making use of that technology, even within the classroom, is of great value. So it's definitely skills they have learned that are going to add to and enhance their capacity to be I think, better teachers now as we move forward. Not that they weren't great before, but, you know, being able to make use of those things. Absolutely. I think, I do think that there's opportunities arising out of this to, I suppose, not just better prepare ourselves in the event that something like this happens again, but also that the, it seems fairly apparent that the nature of education in general is shifting to some extent to, to cater to some of these new situations. And I don't know that there's, a complete going back to the way that things were before. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, it's definitely opened the doors for many different ways, hasn't it, to be able to engage with other people. Absolutely. 
I think at that point, um, I don't want to take up any more time that uh, than you guys have already graciously shared with us this afternoon. So I think I'd like to thank Minori, John, Franca and Melanie for sharing their own CSU stories. And we hope to hear many more like this. So thank you again, everyone. And, and best of luck to you all, not just in finishing placements, but obviously in, in securing teaching positions for those of you finishing up and going out into um, the post-COVID workforce. I don't know if that's a thing just yet, but I'll call it that. So thank you all again.